0: Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and these beers are going to get disappeared. I'm Mike.
1: I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we're continuing our... or We're actually just now starting our journey through the Booker shortlist. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs>
0: we read five on the long list and got zero. We got fucking
2: none right. It's on, the the I, odds I of I hope that, that are Everybody impressive. that bet on it lost a lot of money.
1: I I hope so, because they bet on the dumbest thing in the world to bet on. Well,
2: Nate just checked the list again, and it still says that uh, House of Doors is going to win, despite not being on the short list. So, I guess we'll see how that goes for that. Maybe
1: it just goes to show you that degenerative, degenerate compulsive gamblers <laughs> aren't the best literary scholars. <laughs> <laughs> but we're reading Prophet Song by Paul Lynch, and I'm starting with a beer. So... One of the three Pauls on the shortlist. The walrus was also Paul. Uh, so the book takes place in a modern day but uh, quickly dystopian uh, Ireland. And you can imagine, you know, the main character, uh, Eilish, not Billy. Yeah, I caught that fly. Holy shit. I, this is, I'm falling apart a here. Wizard. And you can imagine that the protagonist, Eilish, uh, as more and more terrible things happen, would probably say, Why Mia? <laughs> this is. <laughs> This is Rare Fog Waimea, which is a type of hop, and probably a Hawaiian island that is brewed and packaged by Abomination Brewing Company, and it is a triple dry hopped triple IPA that is ten and a half percent alcohol. And I had the other three of these, and it's uh, it was my memories of that day are very foggy because man, those were powerful, <laughs> but it was so good. And it still is. Oh my god, amazing! So, uh, Prophet Song came out, you know, this year sometime. <laughs> and Paul Lynch has uh, this is his fifth novel, and I've never actually read anything of his before. Have you guys ever read or heard anything about him? Nope, no. But he looks like a very dramatic Jason Isaacs.
2: Uh, no, not uh, Jason Schwartzman. In his uh, oh yeah, his picture, his
1: uh, his headshot. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see that. He or he, you know, I, I got vibes. He kind of looks like. Like who, who? I don't even fucking know. Who was like the bass player in Oasis? Like I could see. It <laughs> <laughs> it's like I
2: think probably someone also named
1: Gallagher. That guy probably Jimmy was in Gallagher. Fucking, <laughs> must have been. It's like is this guy from fucking uh, Arctic Monkeys or something? Like he's, he's got like too nice a hair, a head of hair for an for a writer. Uh, so he's apparently a very lyrical, poetic type of writer. Though this book, you know, had its moments of that. That's not really what its its thing is, I don't think. But it follows the story of Eilish, and she is an Irish uh, mom and wife, and she has four kids and a husband at the start of the story. And you don't figure it out right away, but pretty quickly realize that there has been some emergency powers granted to or, or, or taken by the government, by some party that won a whole bunch of seats in parliament, I guess. The Nap Party. Yeah, which I hope is just like the really heavy-handed symbolism. It's like, we must always be alert <laughs> for fascism. <laughs> you could never nap. <laughs> Democracy <laughs> dies in sleepiness. And uh, her husband is like deputy secretary to the Teachers Guild <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. It's like he, it's a pretty low, I mean, it's it's an important union position for sure, but it's not like he's public enemy number one. For they never, I don't they don't really make it clear like what kind of political party it is, but it's, you know, if they're going after the unions, you could, you could draw some conclusions. So yeah, I, I, the, it's, it just was, it was a random union. And you're like, all right, there's 15,000 of them. Okay. Because it no longer because that has no impact on the plot
0: at all later in the book. It's just that he so Eilish's husband. He is a tra- He's a trade unionist. Means he kind of is head of the the union. And there's uh, first at the very beginning, it you get where you get you find out that some other member of the union has been detained by the state, and nobody's really like heard from them. Or more like he gets a call or he gets a, a knock on his door from from a police officer and says, you need to come in and speak to us. And he's like, okay, I'll go in and do it. And then he finds out like all their stuff. And like some people are disappearing, but still they're going to go on with their strike. They're going to go, they're going to go and do it. And Eilish is... She has four kids. Her oldest is a teenager, but she's just had an infant. She's just, she's just... In case it wasn't clear they're Irish.
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She
0: just came off of maternity leave, although she has a PhD in cellular biology and is working at a, working in a biotech company. Because Irish, because Ireland is strangely now... High, is now high tech. It's not strangely, but like Irish I, Ireland was, you know, a, economy was not doing well for quite a long time, and then in the last ten years, it's like really revved up, and it has all this like high tech, high finance well, it's, businesses.
2: It's uh, it's kind of that, but it's also the real reason they're all there is that Ireland said if you have your European headquarters here it's to all the major tech thing. companies, you don't have to pay taxes here. And they're like, fuck. Okay, fine. So all the major companies like Apple and Google and all that shit all build their headquarters in Dublin because they don't pay taxes. So, but they, but need they those still they need people technically
1: technically to work there. there. So you've got all these Irish yes. people making very, you know, very solid money. But they have they need all those biotech firms because they just need to be ready for that next potato blight. They cannot be caught unaware. They're not going to get them again. Like, listen, there's one, there's one job here. It's to secure the taters, and that's what that's her job all the time. And She's just like doing tests and like, yep, potatoes are still good. And they're like, thank you, oh sweet baby Jesus, oh Lord Mary and Joseph, this is great. <laughs> I've been to Ireland. That's what it's like. What so the teachers, they have, a, they hold a, they
0: hold a strike or they hold a march, and it does not go well. Police just like, litter, like police like with batons beat them, and like a lot of people get arrested.
1: And they, they, yeah, they get they get billy clubs down, and they're like, "Those are shillelleys," and it's like, "Ah, oh, it's not the point right now." <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then and then her husband Larry is arrested, and you never and you never see him again for the rest of the novel. But of course, Spoiler. the whole time, Eilish is just waiting for him just like, oh, he'll come back, he'll get out. And she like is not even telling her family that he was detained or not even telling her like younger teenage son, or twelve-year-old son, that he's been detained because she just doesn't want to tell him what's going on. And then for the rest of the novel, she's just on her own, taking care of the four kids, trying to work, taking care of the four kids, take care of her father who is sort of on the other side of town
1: in his and is like losing his memory he's got he's got the dementias the, the are going on there he's like yeah. drifting in and out mid sentence between the present and 3 decades earlier and still accusing the cleaning lady of stealing all his stuff well yeah i mean it's you know she's like a polish cleaning whatever you know whatever the Me- that they don't they don't have like you know in america it's like oh the mexican cleaning lady stereotype there it's like polish people <laughs> it's like yeah God damn it. Uh, That's what they do. I'm trying to think of her name. Francesca, but with six Ks in it. She took my things. My <laughs> potatoes are missing. And then she, like, oh, Paul.
2: I mean, if someone stole all their potatoes,
1: <laughs> surely
2: they'd be left just like scared and pale faced. Paler. Yeah, the, the Irish uh, start pale faced. <laughs> yeah, paler. Uh, This is another Sierra Nevada pale ale because I didn't... The beer store was closed and this is just whatever beer I use whenever we read a book about Ireland because that's all I had. It literally was just this. Could do Guinness, but no, that's too easy. I didn't have that. I just have this. Just this. And it's exactly the same as last time. Um, Yeah.
1: It's a really good pale ale, but that's just not a very... You know the
2: funny thing about Guinness?
1: It sucks ass. It's overrated. The guy that made it
2: Was uh, a a unionist, which meant like he was all about England, like Britain running Ireland. And he was a Protestant, and he didn't allow Catholics to work at the Guinness factory. And now it's like the most Irish thing ever. And it started off as like, Irish people aren't good enough to
1: work here. (laughs) And maybe he was just worried about protecting his profits because they would have fucking been smuggling kegs out every day. Yes. (laughs) Just...
2: No, but they were Irish. It's just it's the Catholics. See, just the like. just the Praties. But they would have been stealing extra for the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Got to take one for the Pope.
1: <laughs> the Pope needs another another keg. <laughs> yeah, so that's like Nate. Nate already ruined the ending. But so then, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it gets worse. Uh, but Eilish is trying to figure out what a kids in, like, you know, you're seeing. And if you're if you if you've read any of the other big dystopian books, you're like, ah, I see what's happening here. Or if you're a student of like 20th century history, especially like German history, you're like, oh, I see what happened here. They, the the Knapp Party, had an emergency powers act passed and suspended the writs of habeas corpus, <laughs> or whatever the fuck they have over in Ireland, and then they just are system systematically taking more things away. And eliminating, uh, purging all of the people who may who are not sympathetic to the... or are not party members, who are not sympathetic, who are potential threats, et cetera, et cetera. And Isla's just kind of stuck because she's got kids, she's got a fucking infant, and other children, the dad, and, and like she's just in this position. Like I can't leave. Now you can't leave. I don't know, she literally
2: can't leave. Also because she tries. Yeah, they've they've. Stopped allowing people to get passports, especially people who have family that have been detained, like her husband. So even if she wanted to leave, she can't
1: get out. I have a question about that, though. Like, that's a common thing, right? Like, in you know, Nazi Germany and stuff like that. But why wouldn't the state want the dissenters to leave? I don't understand. I never understood that. Why would they be like, yeah, we hate this place. Like, and we hate you. So get the fuck out. Like... Save me the they, bullet. <laughs> at the at
2: the beginning of the Nazi takeover, they did tell the Jews get the fuck out now.
1: They told them. And eventually, they're like, all well, let's just
2: kill them all." But so at first, you know that does happen. But this is also a fictional thing. But commonly, it's like, you know, after a while, you don't want anyone to get, get outside of your control. Like you know, having a huge numbers of people flee makes a problem for other people, other countries having to deal with large amounts of you know, people fleeing, suddenly they're not liking this anymore. Mm-hmm. Then becomes an issue for other people. You keep it all in house, no one gives a shit. Cause, cause it... Which is what this book so is So after about, Russia
0: invaded Ukraine, like two years ago, uh, it, a lot of dissenters, they just left the country. Well, dissenters and men who didn't want to get drafted, they just left the country. And Putin is like, great, get the fuck out. We don't want you here. And so it. so in that case, it's exactly what you thought. Like, Get the like, get the dissenters out. Let them leave, and then everyone at home suddenly, almost everyone here supports me again.
1: It seems to me like a great way to like improve your your ratio of support, right? As like the whatever minority that you are going to subjugate, if they if most of them leave, then in terms of the voters, like you, you just went up in the polls. <laughs> you got. I think at this point, they don't
2: care about the voting. Well, no, they've already taken what they needed to. They've already... Uh, I mean, it, it really depends on every, you know, fascist coup. But I think subjugation is sometimes not a not the goal, but the goal. And after, the, you know, if you get rid of
1: a bunch of people, that makes it easier to subjugate the people who all disagree with you that have stayed behind. Well, you kind of make it, you don't want to do what they did kind of thing. But it, clearly they're not worried about, because, the you know, people have smartphones throughout the whole book. They're not worried about, oh... Do they have smartphones? I think they just have regular cell phones. They're all staring at their phones the whole time. They're all looking at the mm. lists of things and pictures. I feel like they were... At one point, they they, they cut off the internet.
2: Well,
0: yeah. That would be a very common tactic today in places
1: with authoritarian governments, like Iran in the la- over the last year. But they don't seem to be too concerned with like, oh, the outside world can't know what's happening here, which is... Uh, Probably more historically. Well, we don't really know because they
2: they do mention a few times that like the outside world doesn't seem to be talking about it very much.
1: Yeah, they, throughout the book, as things ramp up, more stuff happens. But but then they go through like the usual kind of like wimpy things. They're like, we are sanctioning you, and they're like, go the, gee, the thanks. Which now really I'm getting... only ever hurts people that are actually still. Yeah, it's like all right, cool. They're now really we're really getting power disappeared and and fucking uh, and we have inflation. Great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the guys in power are never like, oh, no, we can't get our ABBA CDs. It's like, that's the sanctions don't really work that way.
1: Are they meant to work on the directly on the bad guy, you know, like the head people? Or is it meant to kind of like piss off everybody so much that they kind of change what's happening? I'm sure,
2: I'm sure they're meant to work, but I, I can't think of a time that they really... Deal. I mean, well, sanctions until are really special ones. Sanctions are
0: meant to hurt the economy of the country, and then people will kick out the leaders who are doing the shitty thing. Only it rarely works very well. I mean, you could say it had an impact in South Africa, but it took decades for really. It took at least ten years, um, and that's after all the other crazy shit happened. I mean, uh, so North Korea has been under sanctions now for. A half a century or more, yeah. and they will, and they were perfectly willing to let the you know the leader, the Kim Jong Un, is perfectly willing to let his people starve by the millions before giving in to Western demand, So it just well, doesn't it's because, work that well. That's
1: because they are ruled by a ghost. <laughs> they they have, are actually true, ruled, by they ghost, yeah. ruled by a ghost, which is impressive. And I mean, what the fuck are sanctions going to do to a ghost? <laughs> Like, oh, no, there's a tariff on ectoplasm. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you know what else wouldn't hurt a ghost? An
0: Inferno. <laughs> Ooh, this is Inferno by Evil Twin NYC. I mostly picked this to put this beer just because I want to drink it as fresh as possible because I just got it. It is a Hellas lager brewed with smoked malts and conditioned on habanero. So it should be smoky and spicy. Oh, God. Good luck. It's like drinking barbecue sauce. No, um.
1: Oh God! <laughs> no. Hmm. Can't wait for Nate to shit blood from eating hot sauce beer. <laughs> spicy. Okay. It is definitely spicy.
2: Uh, <laughs> habaneros are spicy. Yeah. No, it's definitely hey, spicy.
1: That that's the upper limit for for whites. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Which that's our Vesuvius.
0: Nate no, I'm all right. Yes. himself to be. It's not that bad. <laughs> So it is it's like pee and fire. It is definitely spicy. It definitely tastes smoky too, though. So if, if you like that, that might be your thing. It tastes a little That's your bit burning. less like pickles than that other jalapeno beer I had before. Pickles? So I Jalapenos had a jalapeno Jalapenos and habaneros beer. are
1: very different peppers. So, and, so, so I, pepper. I had a jalapeno beer. This was a
0: couple months ago when an episode we recorded. And I felt like it tasted more like the, the, the jalapeno rather than the spiciness. So it just kind of tastes like vegetables, which is kind of weird were in they, a beer.
1: Were they pickled jalapenos? It didn't taste Hala, like... Jalapenos have a pickly flavor to begin with. It, it didn't to other taste other like haltevers. vinegar. It's,
0: it didn't taste like salt and vinegar, exactly. But it just tasted mm. more like pickles. It had a bouquet. <laughs> had a Ouvra. little bit of a,
1: that, that vegetable <laughs> taste.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that vegetable taste. This has a little bit of that.
1: You're like, I should unplug life support from this beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not responsive. <laughs> So this is <laughs>
0: smoky and spicy. If you like that kind of thing, it might be good. But I mean, I'm glad I tried it, but I don't know if I love it. How strong is it? Now it's only 4.6%. Mm. You get it for
2: the habanero. I mean, you could, if you could pound these, that would be amazing. You know what you could do with that? You could do those uh, disgusting things people do where they pour a Corona into a margarita.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, it's gross. But you could do that. That would actually make more sense.
1: But then I just fuzzy. can't wait for Nate, Nate to finish that, and in a few minutes when it hits his GI tract, he's going to head to the bathroom, Belfast, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, he's going to need to put a cork in his oh. ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Can't think of any other places in Ireland to play this game. Donegal.
2: Donegal. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, there's a bit of a fascist coup, and now Eilish is living just a bit.
1: through just a touch. Yeah, she's
2: she's living through this basically semi-tyrannical slash really tyrannical party taking over that has taken over Ireland, and now she's living in that country where it is basically like she can't work much anymore. People are getting there are constant purges. People are disappearing. Um.
1: For no no yeah, reason that's all around. clear. I mean, they, like, they get rid of the one guy with the very Indian name in her office. He disappears one day. But really, it's just yes, like you know, Rohit Singh or whatever his name was. All the other yeah. characters are just like... You get the sense that it was like, oh, you are connected. In, they were connected in some way to somebody who did something wrong kind of thing. Well, you know, your husband was uh, this kind of guy and uh, well, you're going to go too. Or, But also people are just like fleeing. There are people are leaving the country. So you never know. Really and eventually know what's they happening. start conscripting Children. All the kids. Fucking so now all girls. the
2: all the, you know, young men are leaving the country rather than being forced into service, purging people. It's like their own
0: little Vietnam. So I had to wonder, yeah. So I had to wonder if the author is writing about like just kind of authoritarianism in general across the world in twentieth century America, or whether he was really writing about the troubles.
2: I think he's really writing about the, Syria. What he was inspired yeah, by, I think, by the end of the book, it's pretty serious. It's okay. about, it's about because because it makes we'll, we'll you a sad. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so there was there was the yeah. thing where like all the teenagers who got oh, so and where there was a protest and then all the this army opened fire on the protesters, which happened in a lot of places. It never goes happened well. in a lot of places, but did definitely happen
2: in Syria. Any place where there's gonna where, you know there's gonna be some sort of you know. Young student rebellion, and then they're going to shoot a bunch of people, and then suddenly the you know protests become a you know rebellion of sorts, and then the then the army
0: or more like the government only has one only has two choices: either give in to the protesters' demands or send in the army to shoot them. And in uh, like Egypt, in Egypt, the army refused refused. They basically just said, "No, we're not doing that," and that was the end of. Uh, Mubarak. Whereas in Syria, the army did fire on the protesters, and then it, this
2: country descended into civil war. If you could even call it that at this point, I don't even know what it's, it's up to just, at this point. It's just a mess at this point. But you know, civil wars are never fun. I mean, I mean, what's the
0: civil and war in Syria? Civil. Yes, <laughs> I mean, civil war in Syria Bad is matters. basically over, and I guess Bashar al-Assad won. But the country he is killed still more people, but it's not. Back. The country
2: is still <laughs> in such ruins. And it's not even like two or three clean sides. It's such a mess that it's never going to be anytime soon like what we would call a functional country run by someone. It's, wasn't he, it's
1: so far wasn't gone. Wasn't he like the spare? Wasn't he like not so Yeah, the older brother, I think the older brother died in and a it, car accident. He like was supposed to be an ophthalmologist. Yeah, ophthalmologist. Like yeah.
2: It's impressive, and now he has become like one of the 20th century's 21st
1: century's greatest genociders. I, I like that he, he basically said to the people of Syria, like, which one's better, number one or number two? One <laughs> or two, and but one was but both, both were both death. what was like bombing or our chemical
0: uh attacks. Like, so, what what was definitely different about this, and, and and different from the troubles, I mean, is that it wasn't. It wasn't really like an insurgency or like terrorism. It was really like an army versus a rebel army, which was much more like a traditional civil war rather than a sort
2: of more modern civil war. Yeah, that's why I say that this isn't really about the troubles, but this is more of a modern day allegory. And the joke is, not the joke, but like the, oh, is that it happened in a European or, you know, white country instead. And they're like, wow, this is crazy this happens like this is happening right now in so many places
1: <laughs> well i think you know in the west we have been it has been so long Shielded. since something like this has happened that we kind of have the false sense of security of well that doesn't happen in places like this anymore and yeah there are the um uh, cassandra types that every time anything happens they're like we are descending cassandra? into fascism as we speak, it's like maybe probably not that. Extreme. What's, a, what's a Cassandra type? Cassandra is Is not the one who complains. So Cassandra about, like, is and a, no the, one listened to her.
0: Greek myth, uh, Greek myth, where her punishment was that she's able to tell the future, but no one will ever believe her. Uh, so she would say, okay, yeah. the you know the the Sparta is going to attack, and everyone was like, no, stop it, that's not going to happen, and then she's right every time, but no, but that's her punishment. No one ever believes it. I thought you were talking about Wayne's world and I was really confused.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Past the gray poupon. Uh, but so, yeah, so there's the extreme, there's one end of people who are like, everything that happens, like, this is it, it's over, democracy has ended. And then there's the other type of people who are like, that will never happen here. And it's like, well, I guess this point is kind of like, well, it's probably in between those two. It could. You can't yeah. say never. Um, you know, be, you have to be vigilant. 'Cause the people in the book, the characters who stick around, they're like, No. And and it and this is where there's a lot of parallels with the Holocaust, where it's like people are like, It can't get worse than this, right? All right, that was fucked up, but like now it's okay, that's fine. At that time that was probably like
2: so far beyond belief that something like that could happen that no one right saw it that was beyond belief while it was happening.
0: Yeah. There was a uh uh, when we read On Tyranny by Timothy Snyder, there's oh. a quote he put in where about um, in 1933, like Hitler is now like the Chancellor of Germany, and a Jewish newspaper has an editorial that says, Mr. Hitler cannot possibly mean all those things he says about us. <laughs> really, that's pretty much the quote. I mean, I could dig up the exact quote for you, but that's pretty much what it was. And this was yeah. in 1933, and you know, they were like, they couldn't. Air Hitler. <laughs> couldn't, yeah, exactly. Couldn't possibly mean all these things. And, well, he obviously did. And then
1: some.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> Hold my stein. I have, I have more <laughs> thoughts on these Uden.
2: So, okay, back to the book. Well, in this book, look, like, they put people in camps, like, right away. And that's just like, oh, yep, they got camps going. Like, that's just a given. But they don't know if they're... They just don't see these people anymore. They think, oh, they must be, like, internment camps. Because they don't know... Like, you know, they say some people are dead and they have, you know a list of death certificates in the newspaper here and there. But she hasn't seen her husband in months. He's not listed as dead, but, but like no one really knows because no information is allowed to get out. So they could just be executing people en masse and not telling anyone, but since they have control over the entire media system, they don't know. So it never actually
0: says, but in the, in this kind of situation, it's much more likely that they're just dead. That they've oh, just been disappeared, and they will never be seen again.
1: Keeping people yeah. in captivity is expensive, right? You have to feed them at least a little bit. You have to have pay, pay people to guard them. You have to have a facility. And then you know, information, even, even if it's like Andersonville or whatever, like the worst place ever, it still costs something. And then and information like, could get out, or people sometimes escape. Because yeah. if you don't pay for good facilities peak guys can escape. So like they're probably just dead. But so they start with that number 1 public enemy, the public school teachers. Take them out. <laughs> like all right, good. Turn and talk to your neighbor about for that some bullshit, reason, <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> teachers are uh, really high on the enemy list for a lot of like fashy folks. And it's very strange, I guess, you I know. think these
1: teachers have access to children and in are influential and people recognize that the children yeah. today will become your brown shirts tomorrow or not your brown shirts tomorrow? <laughs> brown shirts. Yeah, I have brown pants. I need to... Made. I have pants. So teachers are usually pretty
0: highly educated and the highly educated middle class, they're like the prime... They're like the first resistance against fascism. Like they're really like the people who are going to be the most pissed off about fascism is going to be your, your educated people.
1: I remember this from my symposium in undergrad. Yes, you didn't <laughs> they're know... Frick- Didn't you see my New Yorker tote bag? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Teachers are going to be, hopefully, educated (laughs) part of the population. Sometimes you have to question, but you know. But then also, there's like, at least in the United States, and I bet this is true in Ireland too um, the higher level of education you have, the more strongly those people lean politically to the left. And while this book never made it like super clear that they were like so right wing fascists you know or whatever. That wasn't
0: actually always true. In
1: fact, it's only become
0: true really in the Trump era. It was very like the, the heart of the Republican Party in America was like educated like doctors, lawyers, stuff like that. They were in, like educated people, not teachers. They were they were probably a bit evident. Teachers are always a little more. You know, you would think so, except Except I saw a, a study, it was a sir I don't know how recent this was, it might not have been around now, but it shows that most public school teachers are actually about the same politically as the community they live in. Because they live in the community and they're part of the community and they happen to be not even not any more conservative or liberal than the community tends to be. So if you go to deep red Texas, most of the teachers are probably gonna be pretty conservative. In yeah, in makes you sense. know, that makes sense. Okay. liberal New York City, of course they're
1: all gonna be lefties. But you know, except Staten that's,
0: Island, yeah, it's not Staten Island, that's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they don't have schools there; they just have a, a building you go to and pick out your new tracksuit in, and um... <laughs> they just have lots of tanning <laughs> beds. <laughs> yeah, it's a GTL Academy, it's Gym Tan Laundry. Spelling bees are only those three letters. <laughs> that's it. And uh, and then you you know then they they drive by the black neighborhoods and they shout things out of their own cars. Uh, we don't have any patrons yeah. in Staten Island. That's fine. Yeah. Nate, have you ever been to, to Staten Island? Nate, have you ever been there? <laughs> yes. Was did you feel it like, like twice? When you got but onto the shores, you were like, oh no, Nate. It was probably like when again like a Native American movie when the guys like the herd has moved. Nate was like, oh no, I sense, <laughs> I sense it. <laughs> They sensed a great disturbance in the
0: forest. Stepped off the the ferry.
2: Yeah, it's like you ever see Walker Texas Ranger where he (laughs) tastes the dirt. He's like a a plane crashed here. It's like that. So you taste the dirt. You are like meatballs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A plane. A plane was racist here. (laughs) Yeah, they stopped counting weeks before the Supreme Court would have told them to. Here they were. That island. It's always Republican. (laughs) It's hysterical to say, but it's just like so so few people live there compared to the rest of the New York City that they don't get to actually tip the balance in any meaningful way. When you see like the you know presidential results, it's always like Manhattan ninety one percent Democrat, Queens ninety two ninety percent, Brooklyn ninety three percent, and then Staten Island like eighty eight percent Republican. Like wow, how the fuck? How could that be the same city? And then you see the absolute numbers of votes, and there's like, oh, it's seventy-two, you know, like seventy-two thousand people instead on that voted, and they're all cops and firefighters, and, or retired <laughs> cops Vinny. and firefighters, yeah, or <laughs> we're sanitation like way off. engineers. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
0: we're way off. Or topic, way off, But uh, do you remember how, like, this was like ten years ago when a, a Democrat we do, was Nate? for the. For the house seat in Staten Island and the No uh, no, so no, a guy was interviewing a Republican nominee, even though he oh, was yeah. like indicted and but and then so the m- m- reporter is like, So what do you think about the indictment? And then they end the interview and then before the camera turned off, the guy's like, I'm gonna fucking break you in half, you little shit, and I'm gonna dump you off of this thing.
2: <laughs> but said, it was I'm still gonna recording break you in half like a Like boy. a boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs>
1: And you don't Do want to know. Boys differently for men. <laughs> you, I don't. I don't want to think about that.
0: Okay, so back to the boy. That guy went to jail. Speaking of boys,
2: was it Grimm? Speaking
1: of was boys, he
0: Grimm?
2: Her oldest son. Uh, what the fuck Mark. his name was? Mark. Mark. He was at this protest that got shot up, and now he's in a hiding around town. She's always worried about him because you know there's there's a fascism happening.
1: And, uh, you know, that's never and good. He's getting conscripted at the end of the month when it's his birthday. Yes,
0: Even though he's but only right now, 17, he's, like
1: he's only yeah. turning 17 and he's already being drafted.
2: Yes. But he's, he's trying, she's trying to get him out of the country into Northern Ireland, which we all forget is a different country. Um, because otherwise they'd be on this island by themselves and make it more difficult. So a bunch of these kids of this um, young men of this age, because they're not drafting the girls, uh, they're, they all these young men are fleeing to Northern Ireland. He is somewhere around. The cops come looking for him, and she's like, "No, he's studying in Northern Ireland until this well, whole thing she, passes." Because th- they're still like early enough they can like pass this off as like, "Oh, you know, just some there's some troubles happening, <laughs> the troubles." But uh, it's not like he's out to do a rebellion. He's like, he's just he's just going to go study being a dentist or well, something. He's hiding. He's in while. hiding at that point. Like a f- yeah, but she tells them that yeah, he yeah. has left. And they're like, no, he hasn't oh. because he decides instead to go join the rebel army. She's like, please don't do that. That's stupid. She's like, I've got to do it because he's got that 17 year old boy energy.
1: But you know what, man? Like, that's what keeps societies from completely collapsing to oh, yeah. tyranny. That's why everybody it, in the army is that age. It, well, it's probably true. Uh, but that and they need money for college, it's career training. But then the. <laughs> You know the 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 the, the Garda are like, listen, that's all well and good, but if he comes back, just so you know, he's going to be treated as a traitor and summarily shot in the street like a dog. So have a good night, enjoy your tea, bye. And she's like, oh fuck. They do tell her that as kind of like a warning, like because the cops,
2: they they were cops before all this happened, and you know there's still some good ones,
1: and so they're like, hey, are there know, though, man? Even so, they could have. They never drop it. They never go. Yeah. let me help well, you. Well, they're still gonna. They're just following
2: odors. But they're like, hey, you know, like just so you know, if he comes back, they're gonna kill him. Like ha ha ha, wink wink nudge nudge. Like make sure he doesn't come back. And then when she goes looking for that cop later, that cop has been reassigned,
1: probably dead. Hmm. But he's living in a friend's house or something, like a friend of a friend's flat or something like that. The friend named Carol,
0: whose husband was also. Arrested and has now disappeared. And all she does is just bake, not pot. She just, uh, she (laughs) she makes bread
1: and cakes. She's (laughs) always like, do you want another, do you want another fruitcake? And they're rationing Funyuns, man. Not cool. (laughs) She's just baked all the time. One of the things that struck me throughout the book is, is Eilish and the other characters. Like everyone's just trying to like keep their, keep the life they knew going. Like you still go to work. You still take your kid to rugby. You still do make them do their homework, even when they close the schools. You just, like, everyone's hoping that it'll magically revert. And so people, you know, retreat into the familiar. So she's like, I fucking have this energy, and I need to distract myself. I'm just going to bake shitty Irish pies. Because, like, are the Irish known? I'm sure, they're not good. They're not known for their baked goods? No you like, no, I've never once seen anyone talk about Irish cuisine in a positive way. <laughs> Maybe potatoes. people, the people of Idaho. <laughs> like Look, I, 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 I was there for a month, and
2: the food is boiled in potatoes. Fine, it's yeah, it's potatoes. You get a lot of French fries, chips, and chicken Kiev, which is Chippies? not Irish. <laughs> so
0: Eilish is in like. Irish I- Eilish is in denial about the whole thing. Like, how many times in the book does she say, oh, that's not going to happen. Oh, the fighting's not going to come over here. Oh, all this stuff. And she's like, no, we don't need to leave. And she's just, like, totally in denial, even though her kids are telling her, oh, my God, there's a fucking war. We need to do something. She's like, no, the fighting's not going to It's not going to happen. And then, of course, it does.
1: But it's not a thing a parent has to do sometimes. Like, you have to be, like the strong one for the family like she has to preserve the normalcy like that's a really hard fucking thing i can i can't especially when your husband has been taken yeah like how do you be like all right fuck it we're cutting bait sorry dad if they (laughs) undisappear you we'll maybe we'll never see you anyway how do you just cut and run like you know, like, she's in an unwinnable position here, and I think that's kind of Paul Lynch's point. His, and she does have a sister in Canada. Her name was Anus who, or something, right?
2: Aine. <laughs> it's I fucking know, Anus. Yeah. <laughs> I, anus. But, like, they're trying to, like, get her out, and they're sending they her stuff. They hate us, like, hey, we, can...
1: we have to
2: leave. <laughs> <laughs> they hate us because they hate us. <laughs> they're trying to get people out of Ireland from abroad, like sending money or sending people to come and smuggle them out, and she, and Eilish is like, "No, no, no, I'm not going to leave. We can't leave Larry here. Can I also just point out
0: with the kind of funny reversal in this book, whereas in this book these there are people in Ireland who want to stay." Uh, one of my college, instead of everybody <laughs> leaving and trying to come back, I, I had a college professor in yeah. one of my classes, and he said that the Irish, this was this was like 20 years ago. No? So the Irish will do anything for their country except actually live there, <laughs> and which is like, of course, funny, which is not true anymore. But like in this story, in this book, she wants to stay.
2: There, There is a thing still happening in Ireland where people our age are leaving because there are... Especially in Dublin, there's a housing crisis. People cannot afford houses. Like, you will, people are, you will, will never get a house because... Oh, we don't have they, that in They just can't afford... They can't even <laughs> no, we don't rent. have that. It's not even buying. They can't they afford can't rent. Afford like, rent. Afford like rent. they live... Yeah. Like, they're living in, like, sheds in their parents' backyards because... Basically, because Airbnb and, like, BlackRock and stuff like that are buying up all the houses and holding on to them. And they're all sitting, sitting empty. So they can just drive prices up. It's like we'll just hold it until you know eventually people will be able to afford this shit because they can afford to eat those losses right now. So people are still leaving. Back then it was because there were no jobs. Potatoes. And there's still so not there many no jobs. potatoes. That's why
1: they left the first time. No potatoes.
2: <laughs> there's still actually there's still plenty of potatoes. There's actually too many potatoes because everyone keeps leaving. <laughs>
1: uh
0: So Mark uh, go. The go. oldest son goes and joins the rebel army. Uh, well, there's definitely a Star Wars joke in
1: there somewhere, but then... <laughs> these, are the pa- these aren't the these are the patties you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Patty wands. <laughs> Patty wands. God damn it. Uh, and then... Were the, were the druids Irish? What the fuck was a druid? Is that an English thing? The druids are Irish, yeah. Or They're Celts. All right. These aren't the druids you're looking for. That's the, the best I can come up with <laughs> right now. Uh, And then, th- so there's the, the daughter
0: named Molly, who's like a teenager, who... Stops eating and is, you know, which is totally probably Instagram's not his, fault. Yes, yeah, no. probably <laughs> definitely, definitely not her father disappearing in the war that had nothing to do with it. Uh, and then the younger son, the middle son named Bobby Bailey, Bailey, there Bailey. You go. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey, definitely not an Irish name. Um, Bailey's Irish cream, get it? So, uh, oh,
1: I get it. Yeah, okay, so Please. Bailey.
2: Do you guys know where Bailey's I Irish am, Cream came from? My, half my family's Irish. I know these names. <laughs> do, but do you know where, where Bailey's Irish Cream comes from? A, a cow. They had a thing back in the day. We like, we need to sell more Irish products out to the world. And then so they got some advertising exec, some dude in New York, who was like, it's the guy from what does Ireland have? They got rain. They got cows. They got these big fields. Butter. So they made Kerrygold butter, which is like a very good butter that everyone buys around the world. And then they're like, wow, that, that worked. We made a shitload of money. Kerrygold everywhere. Bling, bling, bling. Thanks to this fucking New York ad exec. Like, we need to get that guy again. And he'd make a second thing.
1: And he made fucking Baileys. He's like, you know what the Irish need to do with their drinking? Add heavy cream to it, that won't be a problem at all. They need to start (laughs) in the
2: morning. (laughs) Yeah, it's like we got what do they got? They got they got butters, they got some cream, let's have a nice cream liquor. There you go. Bailey's. And everyone now is like, Oh, Bailey's they have like Bailey's at like holidays. Like, oh, what's more Irish than Bailey's? Like, it's not Irish. Some fucking New York guy made it up in the eighties.
1: Is it only the eighties?
2: Yeah, it was very recently.
0: Wow. So Haagen the ice cream, sounds very fancy and European. No, it's from New it's Jersey. Ma- it's, it's gibberish.
2: It's yeah, not. It's not, even fucking... it's not. It's not European at all. Everything's a lie. Everything's marketing. That's what dictators will tell you. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, it's also marketing. Dictators are a very specific kind of food. They eat only at uh, sex parties.
1: They're very they're they're related to the fingerling, but they are a different yeah. kind of potato. When you, when you let fingerling grow up, it becomes a dictator. The dictators. Yeah. <laughs> Dictator Tots is a very unfortunate pub trivia name, ooh. but uh, <laughs> ooh, that's that's good. <laughs> you know, someone someone <laughs> uh has texted me. Like, my friend was like, "What what should our team name be?" And he sent me a whole bunch, and it was like, "When the fucking Smash Mouth guy died," <laughs> They were just oh, like, no. "The years start coming and then they stop coming." Should <laughs> that be our name or? <laughs> Or and then like there were just like other random things that were like this would probably piss someone off. It's like W E B Du Bois in the Hood. <laughs> like, like fucking names. But a dictator tots is uh this is pretty fuck I mean, children the, the, the tots are dictators of a sort. They're fucking asshole people. But anyway. Yeah, they are. I was gonna try to work this in later. You know you know what, uh we have a Patreon, we need to plug that shit. Uh sure. So this is a beer called Nothing Gold, because they have to pay in a lot of cash later on in the book for shit. And they never mentioned (laughs) using gold, but you said carry gold, and here we are. But if you want to support the podcast, you could do that over at patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub, where you can get all sorts of shit, mostly more of our podcast. Um, But, you know, with that warm, fuzzy feeling inside (laughs) of uh, knowing you've supported the arts. Or if you don't want to do that, you could also help the podcast out by just telling someone else to listen to it. Don't just tell them. Mm. Ensure they do it. Or leave a review, a good one. We haven't gotten, we've been getting, I'm, I'm really nervous on Spotify. We get a new review every now and then, but the number doesn't change. Like, uh-oh, is it going <laughs> to, what's going to happen? Because Stephen King fans get mad. Uh, so that all those would help. But back to this podcast here. Nothing Gold is a, I think this is a new brewery for us. And I know Jimmy is itching to update that spreadsheet. Oh, I already did. I Googled it. Who, 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 which, who, who makes it? Uh, is it Bissell Brothers Brewing Company? Wow, you are good. I googled nothing gold beer and it came up. I mean, a lot of beers are gold colored. Uh, so this is—they are Bissell. Bissell Brothers are in Portland, Maine, and this is a double IPA. Of course, that's eight point two percent alcohol. And my sister-in-law went to a place. She's like, they had beer, so I bought you some. I Was like, I love you. All that glitters isn't gold. And that's some a great of it's beer. Some of it's the beer that I pee out 15 minutes after we do the podcast. This is a really good podcast. 15 minutes. Ooh, you got like a really strong
2: urinary tract. All right, so back to the book. I fucking get distracted. With so a things. bunch
0: of things happen. The son, the the middle son, Bailey gets gets like all pissy because you know he's 12, so he's just going to get really annoying. And he's like, "You don't even care about us, mom. What are you even doing?" So she smacks him, which should have. And then gradually things get worse and then so there's so there's an all-out civil war and the rebel army actually sort of it, it, you know gains ground and then there's literally fighting in dublin in their city and there's like a first the government sets up like basically a front line through their neighborhood practically or like just down the block with um soldiers and stuff like that and then there's a battle. Well, there actually kind of isn't a battle. They kind of, the the, 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 uh, uh, army, like the regular army, they leave. The NVA, they just leave. And then the the VC comes in, and they, like, occupy their (laughs) neighborhood. And everyone's like, oh, thank God. Or at least Eilish is like, oh, thank God. Even though she knows that just across the street, people with the Irish flags, you know, the fascists, were showing their support just across the street before... But then, and though, so things are like calm for like a couple weeks, probably. And she goes and sees her dad, and her dad is still losing his mind. He's like, "You should come see us." And then she gets, and then someone comes to visit her. Like someone comes to the door and says, "I've come from what's her sister's name?" Aine. Aine. We're gonna get you out. Aina. It's probably it's probably Aina. Like (laughs) she's like we have we have here a. Giant roll of cash, like Canadian dollars. So, so it's not like completely devaluing, like Irish dollars. And and we're gonna in here and and this is a, oh my, this God. is a letter.
2: It's pronounced Anya. <laughs> Anya yeah? spelled A
1: I N E Anya. Sure, why not? <laughs> Fucking Irish man. <laughs> not even close. So Are we, we even sure it's pronounced Dublin at this point? Like <laughs> what did they what did they mean? Well Dublin is a Viking settlement, so Is that right? That's just how they say it. Yeah. But it's from the old Irish word Divine or something. <laughs> It's name of that drag queen. The Vikings. Time. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> probably. It's probably some shit like that. The yeah. Vikings.
1: So,
0: uh, so, they, so a person comes like we're from a humanitarian agency, but actually we're here to smuggle you out of the country. Here's some cash, you can go get Your supplies,
1: paid a shit you ton, of, ton money of money
0: for this. to help you get out. We here's a list of documents we're going to need so we can make you fake passports An Irish in Eilish. I, not Irish, Eilish, who's <laughs> Irish. <laughs> says no, says no. We can't leave, despite the fact that earlier in the book her sister said, "and history is." I fucking highlighted this. A okay, record did too. of people
1: who who
2: were dumb. <laughs> yeah, highlights. Um, history is a series of
1: tubes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. History is a lie agreed upon. A lie agreed upon. Is that what? she <laughs> A History is a silent record. I found the quote. I am not sure. I think mm-hmm. I'm just History is a silent record of people who did not know when to leave.
0: Yes. So that's what her sister said, and and so and then her sister sends all this money and these people to get her out and get her family out and get her father out. And Eilish says no, and I I, I Eilish says no. We can't leave because my son Mark, he might come back my father is over here. He needs to be taken care of and he's losing his mind. He needs to be where his only memories are and for what time he has left so we can't take him out now. And so she refuses and she says no. And then the war happens again and then there's actual fighting and her building is actually bombed. There's actually an airstrike on her block and her son, her uh, her son, Billy... No, not Billy Baldwin. No, <laughs> what what, what the fuck, what's her name? Bailey. There you Bailey. go, Bailey. Cream, yes. uh gets shrapnel in his head, and then she takes him to the hospital, which was crazy because he has to literally cross the front line uh, across to um she like t- across the thing, and then the hospital is too many people, and then they get the clown drives her across to the other hospital. And they get him An in actual clown. What you have to assume but is this is on the for, other side of the front line. So she's now in like the uh, the fascist the, territory, the regime. Yeah, the regime, the regime, the regime controlled territory of Dublin. And they like see him, and he's he has shrapnel on his head. He's not like badly hurt, but he does need surgery to get it out. And so it's like the middle of the night, and they say, okay, he's going to be prepped for surgery, but he's going to be here a while. You should go home. And you, you should come must back. Go home. You must go home because visiting hours stay. are over. And you should come back with like some ID and stuff because you know you need some. That's like okay, great. So she goes home, gets, she comes back the next day with her stuff and like cross. She has to like cross over with like a like a Through like a fucking sniper like a bridge or something field. where there's a sniper taking pot shots at people, and the people are like, you just got to run, man. So she runs, which was. Why would you ever do that? Which is crazy. I bet that probably happened in Syria, now that I think about it. And then she gets there to the hospital, and they say, oh, he was taken to the other hospital in the middle of the night. And I'm like, what other hospital? Oh, you know, the military hospital. Wait, what do you mean military
2: hospital? You have to go over there. And she's like, no. She's like, okay. Because it is it is important before this that someone told her, like, you take him to this hospital... They only take adults. They don't take kids. So just tell them he's 16 and then like to say, oops, I messed up the next day and I'll be, they'll take care of him and it'll be done and they will just send him home because this hospital that you're taking to him doesn't take kids. Which is fucking
1: weird. That it's weird. Why would that be the case? Who knows? Is that what your goddamn commie nationalized healthcare gets you? Like, are there... Remer- children's hospitals and grown-up hospitals? Like, Even are there...
0: Children's hospitals. At least there are hospitals. But uh do, are there hospitals? Are there emergency rooms that don't take kids? Like, that doesn't make sense.
2: I have to imagine that it's because they're, at this point, in the middle of a war zone. They have to ration things, essentially, right? They have to limit what
1: they can do. So, it's basically a frontline hospital. So, who knows? Yeah, I, just, I mean, I really don't... It doesn't really matter the why, but it's like, all right, you just, in her, I think it's just a show, in her position, when somebody with the vaguest whiff of authority or knowledge is like, this is what you do, you're like, all right, it's either I do that or I have nothing because it, all semblance of reality is shattered. It's also
2: possible that because she goes to then to the military hospital to find him, and after a bunch of people saying like, oh, he was never here, I don't know what you're talking about, there's no one called that. And eventually they bring her to the morgue. The janitor says, you know what? I don't know how to tell you this lady,
0: but you should check the morgue. They say they're he's not... They're never going to tell you. Th- yeah, they're never going to tell you. They say he's not in the hospital. You're never going to find out. And they literally tell her no one has names here, only numbers, only in, inmate numbers. In
1: the morgue, you only have numbers, they said. Oh, that's
0: right, yeah, in the numbers. So she, So and then like, they, they literally walk her by. They unzip every
1: body bag of every in the, kid around by the age. Like in, in the unrefrigerated just room... It's not like when you picture, like you watch like CSI, and they like pull out the big drawer thing with a body. They just have fucking bodies lined up on the floor in body bags, and in a room that they just keep th- dumping bleach into to cover the stench of death. And she avoids it for days. She, and but the guy's like, "Just go there, so you can at least rule that out." I guess. Sorry, but then she goes. And this
2: was maybe me reading into it or putting this in my head. I don't know, but. Is it possible that because she told them that he was sixteen, and he's got war wounds, they figured in this regime military hospital, this guy this was is a rebel. A rebel. Yeah, Fuck I him. figure that's exactly what Let happened. Him, to him die
1: because they don't just kill him; they they clearly tortured him. Yeah, they rip all his fingernails Her, off, and it drilled into his knee. His teeth were missing. Oh, I missed that part. Oh, there's like a list of things. It's it's fucking hmm. brutal. That makes more sense then. yeah. Okay. A brutal passage. When I was reading, I was reading on the train coming home today, and I was kind of sleepy, I was after work and shit, and uh, kind of dozing. But like, just kind of got to finish this book. And then I get to this passage, and I was like, I had done a fucking a line or two. I was like, Oh my god, I am <laughs> alert. This is intense. Because she's looking at the body, she's like that's not my son. That's not my son. That's not my son. That's not my son. And then because she's, they're like, look at the dead kid. Look at that dead kid. I think it's fucking horrible as some guy and then the guy she finds it that's my son and she like it's it's this heartbreaking scene and uh the guy's like oh the official cause of death is heart failure heart was allergic to bullets yeah it was allergic to being tortured to death a 13 year old boy you know it's a fucking horrific uh nightmare scenario which again like us you know in the west we're so insulated from you know terrible things happen to people every day but like the idea of the government doing that to a child is pretty foreign to us, and I think it's kind of like literally foreign. Well yeah, that's true, yeah, I didn't intend that. Uh, but it's kind of Lynch's idea. like, you know, like that, that. Other parts of the world, that shit totally on the menu. That could definitely happen. Think about that next time you're complaining on Instagram that they didn't have your fucking avocado toast <laughs> or whatever it is. So then she just is like broken. Just demolished emotionally. And then she does decide it's time to leave. Yeah, she waits. It's, it's kind of like, um, you know, like in horror movies when they're in a haunted house and they have like the first clue and they're like, hey, I opened up this closet and there was a pile of blood. And they're like, yeah, it's just the old owners left that. And then like they keep adding <laughs> stuff to it. And uh, they, it's only at the end of the movie when Satan himself is pissing on their bed, they're like, we should leave. Like, they just, like, like, think of like the paranormal activity movies or like the Blair Witch, or like where it just gets more and more over the top and only at the end the characters are like, I think this is a bad idea. She does that. She goes through all of like the denial and the avoidance kind of shit. And then she's like, all right, it's time to go. She's lost everybody. Well, not everybody. She has her daughter and the infant son. But the dad gets rescued by the sister's... Uh, Goons The sisters uh, People Don't right, worry Isn't that what happens To the dad Smugglers The smugglers Take him? Yeah they get him He's out He makes it out He makes it out She has nothing She has. She's lost her husband And two sons And she's like Alright I guess I gave it a good try But it's time to go And that's the last bit Of the book Yeah well, She goes To get smuggled out And
2: You know She's in a truck And then they're Locked in some Big room with 40 other people they bring them bags of food once a day and then the room for three days you know with one shower for everybody and it's cold and shitty and she's got just her daughter and a baby and then the guys comes like alright everybody we're leaving everyone can take one bag of stuff don't take anything more than that and then they stuff them all in a truck and they bring them to a
1: boat and say, oh, we skipped over here's the, some life vets there's one thing that happens before that though that was like she finally, like, finds... Not that she's been weak. She's been very strong in many ways for her family. But there's a part where they're going... You know, every every step of this process of, of escaping, you're bribing people and paying and paying off that they're just making up numbers and they're just... Just checkpoint just,
0: after checkpoint on the road.
1: And they're just taking advantage exit of fees. desperate people. Charging them exit taxes of sorts. And there's a part where, you know, the... Uh, the militia rebel guys see that they like, a got a, a man trying to leave who looks vaguely able-bodied. And they're like, what kind of a pussy are you? You have to pay extra. You know, and they're just, it just bring, see, see how like this scenario brings out the ugliest shit in all people. But she gets to a point where a guy is like, you have to pay, you know, he makes up something. It's something like, oh, your son doesn't have the right passport. He's like, he's a fucking, I have his birth certificate. What else do you need? And he goes, well, I, I need to interview your teenage daughter by herself, and she's like, "Why?" And it's obvious why. She sees that
0: he was actually just playing solitaire on his computer. He wasn't looking up records or anything.
1: Yeah, they're all, and these are the people that are. And he's a rebel guy, right? Like, I
2: actually wasn't sure to know at this point. I I, I, I lost uh, track, but I feel like at this point the lines are kind of blurring between like. You know, there's and maybe that's a point too. Definitely one worse side,
1: but uh, you know, at the end, maybe neither side is great. Uh, cl- clearly neither is great. They're all capable of terrible <laughs> things. Yeah. But the guy's like, mm, I need to interview that 14 year old girl, and then she has like this badass mom moment of going like, I could put on fucking lipstick and comb my hair too. Is that what you want? And she shames him. Like he still has a little bit of humanity left in him that he's able to be shamed by her. And then he's like, all right, put give me all the fucking money and get out of here. And she's like, Whatever, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. That's that's gets us to the next checkpoint. But then eventually they get to the, the end of the, the dinghies <laughs> that they're going to flee to England on. And it's harrowing because the teenage. And She also then after that she cuts, she goes, takes her daughter. And cuts off all her daughter's hair, basically cuts it down to something that's not attractive looking, so other men won't try to rape her <laughs> for passage. Pretend to be a boy, yeah, because she's young and clearly malnourished Which is and
2: skinny. A thing that a lot of girls have to do
1: in yeah fleeing. Yep, and then they get to the boats, the the rafts. Boats is is too too formal. On the beach somewhere. And she didn't say where she said, like, I recognize that like you see this area. It's like the you know, some resorty part or famous part of Ireland, I guess they go to. I didn't I don't know the geography that well. And then they flee. But she has to talk the daughter into it. The daughter is like, I don't want to go, don't make me do this. There aren't enough fucking life vests for everybody. And she's like, This is what we're gonna do. And that's where you get the title of the book. I talk about the prophets. I'm trying to find the fucking goddamn quote, of course. I can't find where the beginning of this fucking sentence is. Um, <laughs> it does have very long paragraphs. With the things people say just in the middle of the paragraph. So she sees, like, she's looking at her kid, and she goes, she, and she, quote, and she can see that the world does not end, that it is vanity to think, th- to think the world will end during your lifetime in some sudden event that what ends is your life and only your life and that what is sung by the prophets is but the same song sung across time the coming of the sword the world devoured by fire the sun gone down into the earth at noon and the world cast in darkness the fury of some gar- some god incarnate in the mouth of the prophet raging at the wickedness that will be cast out of sight and the prophet sings not of the end of the world but of what has been done And what will be done and what is being done to some but not others goes on and on and on. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is just some fucking terrible thing that just happens periodically to humans. We do this to ourselves and to each other. And I never had to think about it because I was, you know, living in a cushy spot and whatever. And so because the whole book, I was like, why the fuck is this called Prophet Song? (laughs) (laughs) It's like a page... You know, 99.5% in, like, ah, here it is. is." (laughs) Just for your book club, you could discuss the the, the purpose of the title. So, yeah, I just wanted to get that in there, because that was bothering me the entire length of the book. It all worked out. Did it? Probably not. You know, statistically, they're all going to die on that boat. So, Mm. But they got to keep going. They got to keep going, pushing on, right? That's (laughs) kind of the point. You can't can't get to that point, but, you know what, fuck it, I'm done now. (laughs) We're here in the middle of the ocean.
0: Let's just, you know what, we had a good run, but let's just leave it here. Probably
2: not going to do that. All right, guys, so what did you think? Jimmy gave it three stars. Why? I mean, I thought, you know, the parts of it that were good were very, very good, but I thought it dragged a lot in, like, the middle. That and, like... I understand, like the you know the interesting writing style is oh it's different. Anybody, we didn't really I, talk about I, that. Sometimes yeah. it ma- it made it kind of blurry to follow. I had to go back and like read this you know ninety page paragraph again. Like wait, what the fuck? Who said what? And like I read a lot of Cormac McCarthy, but uh, you know kind of get it. There's only ever two people talking in that, and you can at least tell where people are talking because line breaks. There's no line breaks. in This It's just a huge paragraph. So it it you kind of had to really really at certain points. Especially in like chaotic, you know, battle scenes, like it's it was kind of hard. It was like writing it like this didn't make it better for me. It didn't enhance. I, know, I think it, it might it made have it worse. I think, I think. I think, and maybe if it was like more straightforwardly written, I would have. I did. I, I, I liked it. I didn't dislike the book. I just thought that like there was a lot of in it that I didn't care too much about, and it I got lost a lot because of just the what felt like. Unnecessarily, quote-unquote, interesting writing style. Have you
1: considered it could be because you are a dumb bitch?
2: I mean, I am a dumb oh, okay, bitch. All right. but as
1: long as you like, like not eliminating that. I can read good sometimes. Yeah, but I, so for a bitch, I, I,
2: it, just, I got, it got a little hazy at points where it's like, wait, what? No, yeah, totally. So,
0: as far as the writing style goes, like you did have to follow it pretty carefully, which means it was impossible to skim. This book, and let, and let that's he, our bread and butter. I know. And le, that. Didn't let me cheat. And <laughs> let he who has not skimmed it. Book club cast the first stone. Because, I'm I not mean, criticizing
1: anybody,
2: especially when we have read what we thought was a short list and turned out to be none of the short
1: list. We, we, we read another fucking
2: short bus list. We read the,
1: the, the, the worst ones.
2: Yeah, it was just like after after the thing is, you know, if we had read this one first, I probably would have been like. Wow, this one was really good. And you know, it was it was good. I just had issues with it. But it's after a bunch of like because the bookers are, you know, at, you could say the you know, you could say they're fucking pretentious. At oh, worst. they are. Like yeah. so after a whole bunch of these, it's just like, "Oh god, not again. Come on. Fuck."
1: But the but like it's an artificial list, right? Like yeah, I know. It's, it's, not, it's not like this guy read, was like I'm reading a booker book. Seven or seven of them in a row was just yeah, like it's a, it's a
2: chore. It's it's tiring. It's mentally tiring for regular people. Like if this was my job, like the book booker judges, like sure, okay. You really get in there and you do it cuz it's your fucking job. Like I'm doing this in my free time. And to burn through like highly creative artistic pieces, it's it's mentally taxing. Like I'm at the point where I've I've read a bunch more of them already at I think mean, my eyes are fucking blurring at some points. Like, I'm just... I'm saturated. I'm not retaining anything anymore, because it's just like, oh, oh, good, another really interesting creative one. Kind of. Fuck this. Tell me a goddamn story. This book did tell a story, but it it really... It it forced in a bunch of other... Like, let's make this more art. And I didn't want that. I and that's just me. That's just I, me. That's my own thing.
1: I hear you. And any literary... Scholarless, you know, literary fiction book is flirting with the line of being overwrought, right? It's going to get right up to it, if not past it. Yeah, but I think this one did serve a purpose with the lengthy paragraph, the no, the no paragraph stuff, and I think it it fed to the 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 atmosphere of the book that of Eilish's claustrophobic or like anxiety. Ridden life in this world like it's breathless it's just like holy fuck this is crazy and like i don't know i kind of wish i had the physical books so i could just flip through and look at them and see like i wouldn't be surprised if the paragraphs got even longer as the book got on like it you know because it just it accumulated like as the, as the as the um Civil liberties were eroded, and as the violence increased, <laughs> There's an inverse ratio of civil of, liberties yeah. to paragraph length. I, I am like, I'm like, not even like half joking, like, but I kind of think that's something that's going on. Absolutely possible because it, it's like to, to feed into that other dimension of reading it, or that other sense of reading. Maybe it. reading it is supposed to exhaust you, in a sense. Yeah, like to make it like oh, but to get you in, to to empathize with these characters a little bit better. Or a little more so. It's like art.
2: Like, modern art is like, I can say, like, yeah, that piece is good. I don't really like it. But I understand what they're trying to do. And it is creative and clever. And I was like, okay, props to you. But I'm tired. Mainly because I had to read six of the books that weren't very good before this.
1: Yeah, this, this was a weak year. But we also read the worst ones, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, though, I mean, I've read four of the shortlist now. Jesus Christ. And Jesus. I've had some free time. Everyone at work is uh on a road trip so it's just me by myself doing nothing um and the next batch is not great either in fact the worst one is yet to come i'm really looking forward to doing that one because it sucks so the long one that we don't want to do
1: <laughs> no no not that one oh all right great so the other thing well, though before we read we get... the long one and we're hoping to not read the long the, one at all <laughs> the grandpa with the with the dementia or the alzheimer's or whatever he has I think this is a, this is like a, a less this is some ham handed kind of stuff. A little bit of he's he's like delirious and doesn't know what the fuck is going on. But then he also is the one that is occasionally like, "This is fucked up." Like he will snap out of it and be like as if it's say, "Like we need to remember how things are and we need to be aware." You know, like, I think there's something about memory there and an institutional or generational or something, memory. I think there's a purpose to him. If, if I'm I read sure a paper, a I would do a better job of it. Uh, yeah,
2: I don't know what the risk was. I'm sure, there, I'm, I know that none of these books are, there's no reason that they did this weird thing. It's just like, I, I didn't personally get it. I didn't dislike the book. I just was, honestly, I'm just tired. Really, what it comes down to is I'm tired of these. <laughs> what do you think, Nate?
0: Uh, what struck me for most of the book was that it It's okay. It starts in media res. It starts in the middle of the story where it seems like there's no like a big incident. There's no big like explosion or something like that where you don't, you kind of Burning sort of, of don't know. So you know that the government is like taking over more, is taking more power and their emergency powers and people are being disappeared, but you don't know what it's about. You don't know, like, it doesn't tell you why they're doing it. I mean, clearly this was a deliberate choice by the author and it was a weird thing how like oh you know because when you read about like Tiananmen you you know you know that what their were kids were protesting for and they're looking for democracy and freedom of speech and all these kinds of things whereas this book didn't have that thing like what what, ex- what precisely the thing was that either one side was fo- doing or was for and that the other side was against it didn't like it didn't have a big event or big issue. It was just like, oh, what's happening now? Why are
1: the teachers
0: getting disappeared? Like, I mean, where? It, but it felt like there was something. It just never
1: told you what that was. But maybe the point was to not tell you, so this could be more universal, right? Mm-hmm. So it could feel more, because if it started out with some weird event that
0: happened in Ireland, people would go, that would never happen, and then make the rest of the book less
2: believable. I think the point of that is so that by the end when, you know, I guess we should discuss this, that they get on the boats is like, oh, I see, like this stuff is happening and it could happen anywhere. You know, we think that like, oh, that doesn't happen in places like where I live. It happens in shithole but it nations. it could. <laughs> shithole countries, yes. And then like, you know, it's, it's, right now it is a big thing of like people migrants crossing the ocean or like the sea there on like rafts and they are dying by the thousand every year. And everyone in Europe was like, fuck it. They're not people who cares. I don't think that's what they're saying that that's some some
0: people well, are, sure. well, some the, people are saying italian, everything the italian government is
2: like actively
0: trying to keep cuz it's coming from north africa trying to get from europe these were a lot of these um people are trying to go right now and the government like the the italian navy or the italian government which controls the italian navy is actively trying to keep them from going and well yeah the land, italy yeah. is
1: a fucking borderline failed state economically <laughs> like they are not doing well Though the people who are coming there, frankly, don't want to be in Italy either. They want to get into Italy or get into Europe, so they can go to like Germany or one of the you know the Nordic states or something like that. I mean, this is a legitimate humanitarian crisis and problem. Yeah. Like for, I mean, you read this book, and I think what Paul maybe part of Poland's point was like. It's very easy, especially as an American, right? Because we like, oh, there's a crisis at the southern border, and they're like bussing people to New York and Chicago or whatever, and we're like, God damn it, why can't someone else fix this problem? And we should, you know, step back a second and be like, oh my god, these people have fucking, they, like, my biggest complaint is fucking nothing compared. Like I'm like, ah. Oh. They didn't have fucking cold brew. Like, I like, have nothing to complain about. Like, I mean, we all we all find things, they were out of
0: pumpkin spice syrup this morning.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, ah, oh, this this is like a third world country. Exactly. Like these people are fleeing like some really horrendous things and have They're fleeing risked. the stuff that was in this book. Exactly, and they've risked. But I mean. There is kind of like a, this racial thing. Like, you know, we kind of like, oh, that's, that's the developing world or the third world or the southern world, or whatever the what terms we're supposed to use right now are. And we don't love, even though technically Ireland was the third world because they were not aligned during the Cold War. Um, they, you know, we just assume that that doesn't happen to people like us, right? And he's saying, like, you shouldn't do that. That's fucking callous and terrible. And you should be compassionate. And it can happen to anyone just because it's not doesn't mean it can't. And I think that's why judges will like this book a lot Uh, because um, not to sound like it definitely had the message. Yeah. Not to sound like a paranoid uh, Republican, but like there's some judicial activism sometimes in these, uh, in these (laughs) books, book awards. They're like, that's the message that we kind of sympathize with more. And I don't think they're wrong to say it. I, 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 I totally agree. But like, They might be like, this is a message, this is an important book. You know, sometimes I think with these kind of awards with movies and things, they they don't always pick necessarily the quote-unquote best movie or the best book, but the most important or the most timely or the most whatever. Poignant. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that's certainly certainly the ones I've read so far. This has the best chance of winning because we've read all the losers. (laughs) We can say... (laughs) we know for sure this one has the best chance of winning yeah but but of the ones we've read yeah but reading this book i was like oh this is hitting this is hitting the marks of my very unscientific rubric and i liked reading it it was better than a lot of the others we had to certainly this is the first one i liked reading so far this year every other book was a chore this one i Wanted to read. I liked Bird Hearts. I actually did like that I liked book. Bird Hearts this well.
0: I would say is also pretty good. I didn't think it was amazing, but it was fine. So, what, what would you rate it, Nate? Mm, I might. You know, I would. I'm, I haven't decided
2: between three or four stars. I would say three and a half, but I can't. So three.
1: I gave it five, man. I loved it. I thought it was great. No, oh, mm. wow. You don't give a lot of fives. I don't. Uh, but I my my, my my criteria for a five is I want to I wish there was more of the book like I want to keep reading that book and it's over and I'm like disappointed that it's over because I really liked it and I hear you like it was like, it was I think part of the purpose of the book of it of being a slow burn of sort it's supposed to be grueling but slow burn spelled b y r n e because it's Ireland is because it's <laughs> in celebration of Ireland's greatest actor Gabriel Byrne yes of course. Slowly, <laughs> uh, is that, it, it was, that was, I think I was kind of meant to show like that's how it happens, right? Like you look it back at, at totalitarianism or authoritarianism, or whatever, in different countries. It was never like it was never a day one that the dictator took over. It was always a gradual thing, and many many people in you know in hindsight failed to read the signs. Right, they were like, "Oh, this is that's the end of it. It's not going to be. It's not going to be me. I have this and that." And I felt that that was very purposeful in the book. And well, it's
2: also because of the way we learn history, because there's not enough time in school to learn everything right. That's how they teach it to us is like then there was the Nazis because Hitler just took over Germany because they did they did a they did a Nazi coup, and it's like well that's not really what happened
1: how, well what are they what important details are they leaving out I mean yeah, it is simplified, but Hitler wasn't elected. Hitler got power and then they, the fucking burning of the Reichstag and they had an, emer, an emergency yeah, but powers they had like type a bunch bill. of
2: they have a bunch of elections, and like it was it was like it took years. To like really get to the point where he could successfully have a coup, he did do a coup basically, but it wasn't just like overnight. The Nazis took over and they beat everybody up and punched them so they wouldn't vote in the fake. It
1: election. was a pretty swift turnaround. Like there was no Nazi party winning seats in par- in the. the so the there were there called? were a couple the, of elections the there was in, in was like 31, thirty one, thirty
0: thirty one, yep. where where the Nazi party won a few seats and then it won a few more, mm-hmm. and Hitler being the leader. Uh, was like, you know, who's the leader, but it was still a minority party. It wasn't until they finally won in 1933, 32, 33, that Great. he became chancellor.
1: I believe. Yeah, but, you know, and, and at that point, then they have their m- crisis take power, right? Like, that's not like the playbook. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't remember exact years, but I feel like the Nazis weren't around that many more years earlier. I mean, they had the, when was the putsch? Twenty-four, I think, 1924. So they were
0: around in small numbers for at least a decade before that. They had street
2: fights for five or eight years of just beating each other up in the streets, and then that gave rise to a party proper, quote-unquote, that then took power. But the push didn't work.
0: But they were just brown uh, shirts. No, it didn't yeah. work,
2: but it also—
0: but it was
1: a thing. Also, they clearly didn't put them in jail long enough. <laughs> no. Well, well, the thing is, like, Hitler was imprisoned after the putsch, but then he realized, oh, we actually have to win some elections. And then they began that process. Like, the putsch was like this weird, premature coming-in-their-pants moment for the Nazis. when they're like, we're going to do it! <laughs> and then they're like, everyone was like, no, you're not. And they're like, oh, fuck. Oh, I've got a mess on my hands here. And then they went back to the actually try to do it the right way. And then it took them several years because Hitler was in jail for like all of 1924 yeah. or whatever year it was. I don't know. I I thought the book going back to that was great. I really liked it. Will it will we look back on it decades from now and be like, "Oh, this is in the same uh, pantheon as 1984 and, you know, Brave New World and the other kind of and or even Handmaid's Tale." It kind of it kind of most reminded me of The Handmaid's Tale sequel. I forget what it's called. The Testament. see that, yeah Because that That was very similar And like This is how it happened This is what they did I think I think people I think people You will never like know it. What's gonna last decades
0: Alright, tell us what you thought Send us an email to DrunkGuysBookClub
1: At gmail.com follow us on Twitter DrunkGuysBC Or go to Facebook And Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub And go to Patreon.com Slash DrunkGuysBookClub And give all of your money there Before the government Seizes it And declares you An enemy of the state At least one of us Will win And join us on Goodreads before the government seizes it. (laughs) And all your books. They ban all the books and burns them. Enema of the State. Enema of the State is. by Blink 182. Yep. Blink 180, number two. (laughs) (laughs) And check out the Hopped Up
0: Network before they disappear. And thanks for listening.